0: Experience was so much more like a near-death experience even though I wasn't near dead and so she brings forth a lot of the research that's available now to show how how that works yeah again all of that was just really getting started you know dr. Raymond Moody wrote his book uh, life after life in 1975 and it wasn't too many years after that that things started getting rolling in relation to research about this. Well, now there you know there's so much information and so many people out there who are experiencing these things and coming forth with it.
1: Yeah, and yeah. you know people are doing this near-death experience without experiencing death through ayahuasca, meditation. Mm. Uh, I don't know. You can do it in so many ways. Experiencing. I was
0: a kirtan you got to accentuate the positive. Ah, I feel good. A bit of feel good goes a long way.
1: You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life.
0: Accentuating
1: the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind
0: would accentuate anything else? if you feel like that's what you want to
1: Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So great to be with you. Again, I have another beautiful woman to introduce you to who has an extraordinary experience. Her name is
0: Paula Lenz. Welcome to the show, Paula. Oh, thank you so much, Karen. I appreciate bringing on your show.
1: Oh, and thank you for calling me Karen. <laughs> Most Americans have such a problem with the pronunciation of my name. But anyway, you've done well. So remember, if you like the shows and you're learning from our conversations on ATP, remember to like and subscribe and leave your comments in the comments if you're listening to the YouTube or send me an email if there's no comments under the audio platforms. Now, Paula had an extraordinary experience. We're going to go into Paula's story. There's so much to talk about. And we're also going to talk to Paula's brother. Let me tell you what happened. I'm just going to read the bio here. A direct encounter with spirit and infinity, a complete change in consciousness. In 1983, Paula Lenz had a recurring dream which proved to be precognitive. It was of the sudden death uh, of her brother Don that year which would come close to completely destroying Paula at the time. She did not know, however, that this death would result in a strange occurrences and an outreach from him for the rest of her life. Three days after Don's funeral, Paula had an out-of-body experience with her brother's spirit while she was driving the car, which I find really interesting. The result was a visit to infinity and changed her consciousness and the understanding of oneness. Paula has put her experience in her book, which is now out called Driving Into Infinity, Living With My Brother's Spirit. Paula holds a bachelor's arts degree from uh, Sam Houston University, State University. Her career for almost 40 years includes high school English teaching, partnering and co-founder of a woman's own business, national manager for worldwide engineering firm, and executive uh, director for the North Houston Association, a major association in Houston, Texas. So you've had a busy life. You've had a really busy (laughs) life. (laughs) And you've had a very mainstream life you know very corporate business not talking about spirits talking to you too much in your business world
0: (laughs) well yes that's exactly right Um, this year marks 36 years since uh, my brother transitioned from his earthly life and um, really as you say this this part of my life has only been known Uh, since I published the book, which came out in September of 2017. And before that time, there were only two or three of my very closest friends who ever knew anything about uh, what all happened to me uh, for all these years. And um, so it was quite an experience to finally get the story out for everyone to to become familiar with what had been going on with me all these years and it really really has helped me to experience for the first time in my life feeling like a truly authentic person and the ability to claim this other side of my life that I've ever talked about So, you know, 36 years ago is uh, at the time when, when my brother, as I said, transitioned. And I'm the oldest child in the family. I was four years older than my brother. I'm 10 years older than my sister. So my brother and I essentially lived our childhood together since there's so much more time between my sister and I. Um, so you talked about the precognitive dream that I had, and that dream actually began in the fall of 1982. Um, and this dream was the same every time. I mean, this recurred for the next year. Um, and that dream was, I was outside on some hills. And there were some people gathering there. And as time went on, more and more people gathered. And someone finally came up to me and asked me, hey, you know, what's going on here? And I looked at the person and I said, I don't know, but I've heard that it's the end of the world. And when I said that, I looked up in the sky there with all this crowd of people and there was Jesus in the sky but when that happened I just doubled over almost down to the ground in this this terrible agony but it wasn't physical agony it was like this heartfelt suffering and just agony beyond words and as I bent over like that in, in this agony, I, I said to myself, but it isn't supposed to be this way. I thought the end of the world was supposed to be joyous and then the dream would end. And this, as I said, was a recurring dream for the next year. So, you know, I would ask that everyone, um, Fast forward with me here to the year 1983 in the fall, and at that time, um, the, the day was Friday, October the 7th in 1983. And that particular morning, I was driving my husband to a meeting I was going to drop him off because I was going on downtown uh, in Houston to what's called the Greek Festival, to the Greek Orthodox Church there. And they have a huge outdoor area there. And so part of this festival is outside, part of it is in the annex area where they have food. But as I'm driving him, uh, my husband, to this meeting, I suddenly began to experience this terrible pain over my heart area. And I glanced at the the clock in the car to check and see if i was getting my husband to his meeting on time and and it said 9 a.m and i was as i said experiencing this terrible pain over my heart area i was 30 years old at the time and i thought do i have a blood clot am i having a heart attack. You know, I was very frightened. I just didn't know what was happening. I'd never had anything feel like that. But I didn't say anything to my husband. And after about 15 minutes, the the pain began to uh, to leave. So I dropped him off. I went off on down to the festival. And later, uh, sure enough, my husband showed up at the festival. Well, by this time, There were these huge crowds of people there because this is a very popular festival in Houston. Uh, But I could see him making his way through the crowds to me. And as he got closer to me, I saw his face and I knew that something was horribly wrong. I mean, I had never seen him look like that before. And as he finally made his way to me, he put his hands on my arms and he looked at me directly in my eyes and he said Donnie was killed in an accident this morning and his face just crumpled and I just in my mind's eye all I could see was like a picture or an image of the earth and it was just falling 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 and crashing at my feet just crashing And at that moment, then I just doubled over in pain, like toward the ground, just crying and screaming in the middle of all these people. And then I knew what the dream had been trying to tell me. It was showing me the setting I was going to be in and my reaction. But of course, I never had any idea of who or or anything, what, what that was totally about. And, of course, at that time, too, I was just completely destroyed by the loss of my brother.
1: Hmm. I just want to interject here, you know, because interestingly enough in your dream, the end of the world, you had this uh, knowing that it's not supposed to be like this, it should be joyous. And I've heard you tell your story before and you do go into how the pain and the tragedy and the grief and one of the things that I want to do on this show is to show humanity that the transition of anyone that we know from this world to another does not have to be painful. And that's something that came up in your dream. It's not supposed to be like this. It should be joyous, right? And that's like death should be joyous. To me, death should be joyous. It's not for many. It's painful. And you experience that pain, but it's interesting in your dream that you knew that. It's not supposed to be like this. It should be joyous.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a very good observation about that um, because transitioning to the other side uh, and and experiencing, you know, what I did with my brother, which I'm of course going to talk about here. But um, yes, it it is. It's freeing and it's joyous. Um, yeah. But yeah. of course, at that moment, I didn't realize that. Um, but yes, that is an an excellent observation there how that came through in my dream.
1: So let's go to uh, the part where you're in the car, because obviously you're in a lot of pain and upset. And uh, was it just before or after his funeral? What What was happening?
0: Uh, this was uh, three days after his funeral. So right. it was five, five days after his transition. Right. And uh, essentially, I had stayed in in my hometown, which was about 90 miles from Houston, to help my parents and, you know, do some things that week. Um, So that day, I decided to take some of the funeral flowers to my grandparents' house. And the only vehicle I had there in town that I had access to was my brother's personal truck, because he was actually killed in a company truck and so I took his truck, and I was by myself, um, and it's about 10 to 15 minutes to my grandparents' house, and as I'm driving along, all of a sudden, I just developed 360 degree vision while I'm driving, and you can imagine, I, I had no idea what was happening to me, and as soon as that Uh, began happening then I saw at my right shoulder uh, right behind my right shoulder I saw my brother and he he was like a pattern of light but you know you could still see him who he was and he was telling me he was talking to me telepathically and he was saying you know I don't want you to be sad I want you to be happy because I'm happy and most of all he wanted me to know what like life was like for him now and when he said that then he I suddenly left my body and I went with him and at first it was almost as though I was, we looking at a negative of a photo or something, you know, it was just kind of a black and white landscape, but then we kind of got beyond that. And it was like my consciousness with him. I, it was like I was out in the middle of the universe and, uh, I, I just felt that I was just existing, you know, in a state of pure consciousness, really. Beautiful and, At that point, and and my brother stayed with me through this entire experience, right by where my shoulder was, but the first thing that I felt was this wave of peace come over me, and the thought came to my mind, the Bible verse, the peace that passeth understanding. And then the next wave that came over me was this wave of all knowledge that I knew everything in the universe, about the universe, everything that had ever happened in the universe. I knew this knowledge. And then finally, the third wave that came over me was this energy of pure love, and I knew, and in my book, you know, I call it spirit, because to me, it's this energy of just pure love, of creation and manifestation of everything that is. It's really the all that is, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and at that point, I became one with all of that it wasn't that I just knew it you know thinking wise it's that I was all of these things I was peace I was all knowledge I was this love this energy of love and I knew that everything everyone everywhere that we are all one there is no separation of any of it and that's what I was. And it was joyous and beautiful. And, you know, I knew, of course, as I said, that I was out of my body. And I, at that moment, experiencing all of that, and again, my brother was still with me. I knew I didn't want to go back to my body. I knew I was out of my body. I didn't care one thing about going back to my life at all i wanted to yeah. go on because it was beautiful and just just fabulous this energy this love this knowing everything and and yet i knew that i that i wasn't actually i'll say in heaven or whatever i knew that there was more there was more yeah. to go on to that I was just at the beginning area. And so I decided I wanted to go on, that I didn't want to return. And when that began, when I began thinking that, I began to whoosh away. That's, That's what I felt. I felt I was whooshing away very rapidly. And as soon as that began to happen, I didn't get very far (laughs) because my brother, somehow, I mean, I, I say, I feel like he exerted his energy on me and he began pushing me down. And he said to me at that time, no, you can't go yet. It's not your time. And at that point, he just pushed me back down and, and I saw myself coming into my body, and I just sort of landed there with a thud. Now, (laughs) let let me say, too, that somewhere in between experiencing this energy of love and wanting to wish away, there was a a period where it was as though my brother were telling me some things, Mm -hmm. but... And I, I vaguely remember that part, but I have never been able to remember what it was specifically that he told me. Well, we'll and ask him today. Versus every, everything else I could remember perfectly, even now. Yeah. So, yes, I do feel like there were some things either I wasn't supposed to know or it was about my future or whatever.
1: Well, as I say, we'll ask him today. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, okay so this is an amazing experience because it's really like a near-death experience except that you didn't have to have the car accident to have it like your body was still driving the car i mean probably you were out for a nanosecond you know like it probably felt like ages in this other place but when you came back in your body there was probably no time lapse was there any time lapse like who was driving the car when you're
0: out of your body (laughs) there had to be there had to be a little bit of time lapse there at least of a couple of minutes and i'll tell you why because the road that I was on right. um, i had there was a turn that I had to make further down the road in order to be on the road to take me to my grandparents and when I came back into my body, I had already made the turn I was oh, already traveling the road to my grandparents' house and You know, to this day, I have uh, no recollection of, of course, driving the the truck. And
1: isn't it amazing that uh, some part of you or maybe your angel or some part of you, because I believe our angel is a part of us, was driving the car. (laughs) Well, another part of you, the part that you remember, was flying around infinity with your brother. It's just its (laughs) fabulous, isn't it?
0: yes well and and you know, when I got to my grandparents, um, I was totally in a different state of being, as you can imagine, yeah, but of course, I was not inclined to to talk to them, but the interesting thing is, for the rest of that day, I was just peaceful, I was happy, I'd been with my brother, I knew he was okay. Yeah. And when I got to my grandparents' house, of course, they were deep in grief about my brother. And the the strange and interesting thing about that was, it was as though I were viewing them and their grief from my brother's viewpoint. Perspective. Ah. I could see how terribly sad they were. And... Uh, the grief that they had. And yet I couldn't really identify with that at the moment. I could just see how my brother was seeing us being so devastated. And that's how I went the rest of the day.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what did that feel like? It's like, as I'm feeling into it, it's like a complete detachment. It's like watching a movie and you're yes. having emotion about it, just watching it. Like you're not, oh, let me help, you know, like you're not emotionally engaged. It's sort of like you're just witnessing. Is that, did that, help? Is that how
0: it felt? That is exactly. You're you're picking up on exactly the way I felt. Right. I was witnessing um, their grief and I was not feeling any of that.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: What I was still, actually, I almost felt like I was glowing, and I just think it was from um, the experience of being one in a powerful, complete way with the energy of love of the universe. You know, that's where I was and the peace. And they're just you're exactly right. You hit right on it on all all ways that I felt detached. Um, and I, I tried to comfort them, you know, I said, well, I, I know that, that Donnie is, um, alive and I know that he's okay. Now I didn't divulge anything to them about what I just experienced. And, um, but I did share at least that with them. But the funny thing was, it was as though I never said those words to them. And that is exactly how, again, I could see how my brother was viewing us, that there was just no reaching us in this depth of grief that we were experiencing. Oh and it was this really is so, important.
1: so it's a bit of feedback. Um, this is so important. this is exactly this is exactly what yeah. This is exactly what spirit does. So in our grief, we have no access to that communication because that communication comes from that place of bliss like you've just described. And even when the physical human being stands before you and tries to comfort you, like you said you were trying to do with your grandparents, there's no getting inside that bubble, you know, of grief. It's like you lock yourself out from any... I don't know, words of comfort or you're just sort of isolated inside your pain. Yeah. It's true.
0: That's what I could see about them. And um it it was it was a different space that I was in totally. You know, it's as though I were still with my brother and his viewpoint, even though I had come back into my body. But You know, from the moment I returned to my body, my consciousness and everything I realized about life, or had not even realized about life, all of that became different. Mm. Um, It just my consciousness about how things are or how I viewed them, just intuitively, I knew to be different. So, how long did that last, Paula?
1: So, in that space of complete bliss and viewing, like you said, you viewed your grandparents and viewing life through the eyes of source, you know, this is what Esther talks about, this is what teachers talk about, as I talk about, you know, to see life through that from the lens of your higher perspective, like to not get so caught up in the negative emotion. How long did that last? Did it last the rest of your life or did it last as
0: a day or two? Or? I wish that I could say that it had lasted throughout the rest of my life. But really, I, I was only able to stay in that kind of mindset for just that, the rest of that day. Right. The next day, I fell back into uh, this grief that I had because um, I realized that for the rest of my life on Earth, I was not going to have this funny, wonderful, loving interaction with my brother ever again. And that is what, um, you know, started me back into the grieving process. Even though I remembered just, I remembered everything from the day before and I knew that I was different, but I just, the love that, you know, between my brother my and sister and I just—it was just my guides are saying, stubborn humans.
1: We give you this exponentially expansive experience, and you still go back into your stressful thoughts. <laughs> that's
0: what yes, but you know, right. I don't, that's
1: what I don't we all really really do. Be... We all do it. We all do it. I mean, I'm well, not pointing you out, but uh, well, I know, and,
0: and it's uh, it's really a case of uh, dealing with love—the love, the love yeah. as humans that we have. Uh, Versus the kind of love we experience when, you know, we are on the other side. Yeah. And that's what I got to experience. That different side of love that is so complete and, and versus the love we have here, you know, you realize and certainly it was a wake-up call to me, you realize how fleeting truly life can be uh, with people you love. And that's what, when you come back into that, that's what I think is difficult to mesh the two. Um, It took me a really long time to fully integrate into my life a lot of the aspects from that experience. But again, that being said, I did realize that my consciousness as a whole and a lot of the things that I understood about life were completely different than than either I'd been taught in you know church or whatever. <laughs> it just became different.
1: So what did you do with... Uh, well, you went back into the grief how did it change your life? How did know, how did knowing we're all one, what did you do differently after that experience? Like, how did you live differently?
0: Well, I looked at all of humanity differently. I could see how, the only word I can think of at the moment is how ridiculous we are in terms of splitting off, you know, splintering off into all these various groups around the world and uh, the fighting and, you know, even I would think back on um, how many wars have been fought in the name of religion and God. Mm -hmm. And I just think, what are we doing? You know, there were just things like that all the time. And the other part was, now, I was raised Baptist in the Baptist religion. And, um, but I could not return to, you know, what I term as religion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was in a state of Spirituality. And that's what I sought from someplace to go and be part of to, that would help me open or be more in tune with that spirituality uh, on more of a regular basis. And eventually, I, um, in Houston, I found the Unity Church because they believe that you know, all of humanity is on the road back to spirit. And there's, there's not prejudice there against other religions mm-hmm. like there are when you're in a religion. You know, everybody else is wrong and you're supposed to be right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just a totally different view uh, in terms of who we should be and what we should be focusing on while we're here. Mm-hmm. You know, the spiritual mm-hmm. aspects of ourselves. And... Being a part of that at Unity and participating in a lot of different workshops and things that they had um, just really helped me grow in that regard in spirituality uh, to To pick up where I left off, I guess, when I came back and to want to explore more that that all-encompassing feeling that I had for everything. So that was a major deal for me to go down that road.
1: Let me ask you, did you ever experience or come close to experience that feeling again while in the like without having to leave your body?
0: I'll have to think about that a moment. <laughs> um, you know... I mean, there are moments that I've had where I'm able to let go of so much of the things that are of this world. And and as I've gotten older, I, it's really, you know, it's all about the heart chakra area to me, the love that is the connecting thing. And, you know, love does everything for us. And that is what spirit is. And, that's what makes us all one yeah. so that has just grown and grown through the years that feeling that need and that you know wanting to be connected at that level with all that is through love and doesn't mean it's always easy especially when you're working and you're busy and your mind you know but Nevertheless, it continues to be the the driving force for me in my life so and wanting to help people.
1: And wanting to help people, yeah. It says here that you've had reoccurring uh, communication with your brother, like he's shown up, not just in that one experience. What else
0: happened? Well... I will say that I did actually see my brother once at my house back in Houston, and he he looked just exactly as as he had been, you know, in life here. He was actually looking in our living room. He was looking in our stereo area there, but I had come out of the bedroom and I saw him just for an instant out of the corner of my eye. But to this day, it's very clear it was him standing there looking at it. Um, So that was one thing. That's probably the only time I've actually seen him again. But the rest of the time, uh, there are many things that he did, especially in that house. This was when we still lived in Houston, because he had stayed with my husband and I for one summer when he was still at college and he was uh, working there in Houston. But, for example, um, I would come home from work and in our dining room, which we didn't use very often, I would always find this one chair pulled out a couple of times a week. And this was the chair he sat in. At night, sometimes my my husband and he would be in there in the dining room playing this crazy football, electric football game. And so that was the chair he always sat in. And so after a couple of weeks of finding this chair pulled out, I asked my husband, I said, Are you coming in here and doing something and leaving this chair? He goes, no, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, But that was just one of many things. I came home one day and a chair that was used in our master bedroom under a desk there. I I walked in and headed for the master bedroom. And in the doorway for entering the master bedroom, that chair had been placed right in the middle of the doorway. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. And I was like, what is happening here? And I actually thought someone was in the house. Yeah. But eventually I figured it probably was him. But another time I came home and there was a book that was lying in the hallway. And there was a, a built in bookcase there. And you could see where this book had come from. And it came from the bottommost shelf of that bookcase, which was at carpet level. And so the, you could tell the book had to have flown across the hallway because it was still lying against the far wall. And when I picked up this volume, this book, it was uh, an an old volume from an old encyclopedia set my husband still had. And it was the volume D and my brother's name was Don. Yeah. Yeah. And another time my husband and I were sitting in our TV room, which was kind of a small room. And again, we had some bookcases in there. The uppermost bookcase shelf had videos, home movies and different things. And as we were sitting there watching TV, all of a sudden from the top shelf, this video came flying out halfway across the room and landed right at our feet. <laughs> and my husband and I looked at each other like, what just happened here? Yeah. But let me ask you, when that
1: all that phenomena was happening, he's a cheeky little thing, isn't he? A cheeky little man. Uh, he's clever in the way that he can uh move density because it's it ain't easy to do that from spirit and, the, and that chair. I mean, yeah, but yeah, yeah, not that there's any weight, but yeah, it's not it ain't easy to do that, you know. That's why spirits don't do that all the time, it's like it takes some skill to do that, right?
0: Um. Well, and probably the thing that has happened the most of all and yeah. dealt with this picture of him. The very last photograph, photograph that was ever taken of him was with his best friend and his best friend's sister. And they gave to the whole family a copy of this photo. And it was in a little uh, cardboard kind of a, a frame, which I just kept it in that for a long time. And I would come home any number of times and that, photo would be turned down and he's used photos to communicate with me like that all these years and uh, he still does it (laughs) and so sometimes I have to figure out what he's trying to tell me well okay
1: well we're gonna ask, but um sorry there's that feedback again okay um Did you ever ask him at the time, like, what are you trying to tell me? I'm listening.
0: No. Well, I I have asked him. I've even asked him to just speak to me in words.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because he
0: did do that when, you know, he was speaking to me telepathically. Yeah. But I've never really heard him speak in words to me. And...
1: Well, he's trying to get your attention by, you know, moving physical objects. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just I mean, saying, you know, he's just saying he's just like letting you know that, that, he, that he's here, that he's always with you and that uh, he always will be with you and that he's guiding you. You know, when we had a chat the other day, we were talking about how, because you've had a really successful career life and that a, a lot of the decisions and a lot of the things that happened were were okay don't say probably (laughs) cheeky thing he's a cheeky thing uh you know happened because of his guidance and um you know oftentimes we get these amazing inspirations and we we just say oh my god i'm so clever i don't know how i know that but i'm just so clever (laughs) and we don't really attribute it to our higher self inspiring us or our guides inspiring us or our dead relatives you know there's just such a huge team that surrounds us all the time that's inspiring us from spirit.
0: and I don't yes. give
1: them credit half the time, do we? So I'm sure yeah. that he had a lot to do with your successful
0: career. Well, uh, I, I did share in my book about the the very last position business position I held uh, before I retired in two thousand and sixteen. I was wanting to leave the engineering industry, which I had been involved in marketing and public relations for many years, but I didn't know what what else to get into. And so I was looking around thinking, where can I send my resume? I, I really don't want to stay with this company I'm with. And in my head, the one time I really have heard a sentence and you know, I, as I mentioned before, I kind of attributed that to my guides. But what came into my mind was, send your resume to this man's name was Paul. Uh, and he was actually president of one of the former engineering companies that I had worked for. And I thought to myself, now, why am I hearing this? Why would I want to send my resume? To another engineering company, especially one I've already worked for, I don't want to do that. So I just kind of blew that whole thing off. Well, you know, some more time went by and I heard at least two more times the words, the same words, very clearly in my head. So I just thought, well, okay, I'm going to do this because what? It's not going to hurt anything. So I did that. But in the end, this man was on the board of directors for this association. And when he got my resume, he called me and he said, well, we're looking for an executive director for the association. He was on the board and he said, I want, he said, I think you'd be perfect for this job. I want you to, I want you to send your resume in. He said, get all the information about it. So long story short, I did that and I was selected for the job and my background for it was perfect because this association dealt with issues that related to transportation development and environmental issues, which I'd had background in all of that for all these years. And that, that that uh, position was really the highest and best of my entire career. Mm. And I loved it. And it, it uh, allowed me to use my creativity, my board of directors, you know, let me decide on a lot of these things and I expanded a lot of the the things that had been done and came up with new ideas. And, you know, I worked hard at that, but it was just so fun for me. I I was using my creativity. It was like, I was so in tune with this job and, and just, I don't know. I, I just felt like I was spinning little worlds there that it just brought brought me great joy and i knew that i was really helping the community in the area
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just from listening and going ahead and following through on what i was told and that's so a huge a lesson story. for people too
1: it must have given you a lot of self confidence having that job like you must have grown in your self confidence and self worth about yourself
0: yes yes i did and as I said, with it being the really highest and best of my entire career, it was, it was a great way to um, feel like I had achieved after, you know, many years being in business, that I was able to achieve what I considered the pinnacle of the work that I was doing and meant to do and bring to that my creativity and, and intuitiveness, too, yeah you know I, I had a lot of intuition about many things, right? Yeah, you would have.
1: So you didn't talk about your experience with anyone in your working life or maybe even in your family life until until now. What would you would do you think that you could have? Like I really feel like we need to come out of our closets with these conversations. And so many people like you are holding down positions and they're scared that if they talk about this stuff, they're going to lose their credibility or lose their status or you lose their standing or lose their jobs. And yeah, spirit says, doesn't matter. None of that really means anything. All that really matters is how you feel about yourself and that you feel like you're living an authentic life, no matter what you're doing, no matter what job or how much money you're being paid or who agrees with you or doesn't agree with you. Would you suggest that people do come out of
0: the. Spiritual closet before they retire? <laughs> yes. And I would comment too that at the time that I had my experience, again, remembering this was 1982, 1983, and at the time there there was no such thing as the internet. You know, people didn't have cell phones. I mean, and most offices did not have computers. I mean, this was a long time ago in reference to where we are now. Yeah, but I'm talking about
1: now. Do you think that people like, so we're talking to people that might be in the position that you've been in and they've had an experience and maybe they feel like right now that they can't talk about it
0: because people won't understand? Right. Well, we've come a long way in that whole field. Of research and people writing books and establishing um, associations and groups mm. nowadays yes you know there's really no reason for anyone to be afraid to speak about their their spiritual experiences because whatever you whatever experience you had I feel certain there's a group out there on the internet that can help you, or you know, that you would feel free to work with, or talk with, or meet with those people. And that just wasn't the way it was back then. The International Association for Near Death Studies had only just been formed like in 1980, I believe. This happened to me in 1983. And one of the after effects I had was that I just felt compelled to read books on spirituality and all kinds of things related to that. Cool. And um, so when I finally got around to writing my book, the last chapter of my book is written by a researcher who used to be an IAN's uh, past president, Dr. Janice Holden. And in speaking with her about what I had experienced and some of the things I'd had happen all these years. She told me that I had a really unusual experience. Number one, because she'd never heard of anybody having out of body experience while they were driving. But also because of all these after effects, a few of which, you know, we've mentioned, but um, you know, I, I have had any number of after effects. And so she wanted to, Write the last chapter of my book. It's the afterward um, to explain how she felt. My experience was so much more like a near death experience, even though I wasn't near dead. And so she brings forth a lot of the research that's available now to show how how that works. Yeah. Again, all of that was just really getting started. You know, Dr. Raymond Moody wrote his book. Uh, life after life in 1975 and it wasn't too many years after that that things started getting rolling in relation to research about this well now there you know there's so much information and so many people out there who are experiencing these things and coming forth with it
1: yeah and you know people are doing this near-death experience without experiencing death through ayahuasca meditation I don't know you can do it in so many ways experiencing I was at Kirtan the other night music sound healing and I had a similar experience to you just sitting I was sitting there cross legged on the floor and every time I sit cross legged my right leg goes numb so I just (laughs) brought in my you know I just brought in my higher self into my body like this golden orbs golden light energy I just brought it and I sat it in my pelvis and then expanded it out. And I just was like out there in bliss, just like in absolute bliss, just ecstatic bliss. And the music was playing and I'm I'm in my body. I'm out of my body simultaneously. My legs stopped going numb. You know, I could sit cross-legged on the floor and my legs didn't go into that numbness or, you know, pins and needles and stuff like everything. All the pain stopped. And, yeah, so there's so many ways we can do it. Okay, let's go talk to Donnie, shall we? Okay. Let's do it. You up for it? And now, just remember, it's just you and me. Nobody else is watching. It's just you and me. So you don't have to be nervous. I'm going to get it wrong. I hope I do it right. Like, let's just <laughs> expel all those thoughts of nervousness. And I'm just going to lead you through a process. And we'll uh, see if we can connect with him. And we'll see what he has to say. You up for that?
0: Yes, I am. Okay.
1: So just relax in the chair. Sit back if you can. We can still hear you. And just close your eyes and and take, always I start with people, we we start connecting to the breath because the breath is spirit and form at the same time. So when we're connecting to the breath, we're connecting to spirit and we're connecting to our physical form. And and, um, just take some deep breaths in and breathing into your heart. And what I ask people to do is just to ground you so that you can be here and there simultaneously. Bring your focus and attention down to your feet and imagine that you're traveling down into the earth and you're traveling down into the core of the earth and imagine like there's this fire of in the core of the earth and just like when you're standing next to a fire, you feel the glow, of the light of the fire, but you also feel the heat. And feeling, imagining that heat coming up through your feet, up into your legs, up into your pelvis, up into your body, shoulders, arms, neck, feel that light and heat moving up out of the top of your head, up into the universe. So I'm going to do this quickly because our thoughts and our imagination works really quickly. We don't have to think about this too much. Moving up 100 feet, 200 feet, as far as you can go, you hit that light, the light of the universe, the light of God, if you like. And imagine that you're standing in that light. Then bringing that light, just like you brought the heat and the light of the earth into your body, coming back in through the top of your head and feel that light emanating inside your own heart. And then just expand that out like, like there's a sun growing inside you. And bring your focus up to your third eye and remember a time when you, like I can remember an image of dawn When he was smiling, when he was happy. Have you got an image in your mind? Yes. Just describe to me what he looks like.
0: He's very tall. He was like about 6'3". He has a really beautiful smile. Uh, His countenance was always happy. Um, Just a great guy.
1: Where is he standing? Like, look around him. Where is he standing? What's around him? Where
0: where is he standing? What? This reminds me of what I see is when we were on one of the paddle wheel, the paddle wheel steamboats in New Orleans. We were out on the deck. Nice. That's where I see him. And is he really
1: happy? Is he smiling and beaming at you?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Well, let's start communicating with him like, say hello. How are you, Donnie? It's a silly question because he looks fine, right? (laughs) Yes. What does he say?
0: (laughs) He said, doing great.
1: And let's ask him some questions about that time when you were out with him in infinity. Ask him about, you told me a lot of things that I can't remember. Ask him what it was that was important to you that you can now remember.
0: Yes, I, I would like to know I mean, it, it, it didn't last a long time at what he was telling me, whatever it was. but just ask yeah, him, I, like
1: ask that memory of him. See that memory in your third eye and ask him. And he's going to communicate with you so quickly that before you can even finish asking him, you'll get an image, you'll get you'll get the information that you're asking for. What do you see? What I'm
0: seeing and what he's saying is the book, writing the book. <laughs> but yeah, well, I probably would never have believed that <laughs> that I would write a book. In fact, I didn't even know. When I retired, uh, it was I started writing the book like uh, four months after I retired. But I had, even at that time, I had absolutely no idea about writing a book. So,
1: okay, well, let's ask him why you didn't remember until now.
0: Why didn't I remember until now? Yeah, what's I, his name? I think, I, I think because he's saying you would not have believed me. <laughs> And that's probably true. I would have been like, "Oh no way!" <laughs> uh, because back then I wasn't the person that I am now.
1: Is there anything else? That you have, is there anything else that you want to ask him?
0: Uh, does he see my dad? our dad rather
1: what does he say as soon as you ask that what did he say what's the he feeling says, he
0: he said yes and i could actually see an image of my dad like when he was much younger from photos i had seen so that's good
1: keep yes. asking him questions keep asking him stay stay focused <laughs> You know this is how easy it is to communicate with our dead loved ones. People think that it's hard and it's not. We have to be in a joyous vibration. We have to remember their essence, remember them through our image and ask them questions and listen.
0: Well, he's he's telling me that I'm doing a great job and that I need to remember that. Okay, cool. Because I can be critical perfectionist and Mm -hmm. you know so well that was very interesting
1: (laughs) you don't want to ask him anything
0: else that was a quick conversation
1: (laughs) Uh, i can't really think of anything else um you'll probably think of a million things after i after we hang up
0: but probably only only why he doesn't just go ahead and speak to me
1: well let's ask Uh, him bring back that image have you still got him there? Oh yeah, I see him. Cool. Why doesn't he just speak to you?
0: Why doesn't he just speak to me? What's he saying? He says he just wants to be funny. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what he said to me before. Because that's he said that before. Oh yeah. When you were talking before
1: about him pranking you with the chairs, I said, Why did you put that chair in her doorway? And he just said, just to prank her. Just to, like just to freak her out, and I just said there was no significant meaning to it, and he said no. Nope.
0: <laughs> so that was the right answer. He said just to be funny. Well, okay, but see that doesn't surprise me because that was that was his personality. But he was he was funny in a nice way. He wasn't a, you know an ugly kind of prank pranker person. <laughs> oh. he also well, said.
1: He also said that he does speak to you, and that you 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 dismiss it as imagination a lot of the oh. time a lot of the time.
0: Well, maybe that's my intuitive notions that I get. Um, you know, there is something that yeah, I want to bring up, and that was the incident three months after he died um, at my dad's house when my husband and I went there and we didn't know it at the time but uh, but we were all getting sick one night when we stayed up there it was at Christmas time and I crawled out to the front door and stayed with the door open all night because we had all gotten sick and uh, the next day when my dad got up I told him over and over again, there's something wrong with this house, there's something wrong with this house. And then my dad had gone and opened up the closet door where the furnace was, and the door had come off of the furnace. And we were all suffering from carbon monoxide poisoning. Right. Right. And I wonder if that wasn't Donnie, because I didn't really oh feedback okay let's
1: not wonder just go back into your mind's eye and ask him just go there and ask him
0: he said i did he said i did
1: see how easy it is to talk to him you don't even have to close your eyes like i don't close my eyes and do that process when i talk to spirit i just listen i just ask a question was that you and just like i'm listening to you i ask your question and i wait for your i list i wait for the response See, what we do is, is we don't understand that we have that open communication. And so so many people are crying out to God or Jesus or their dead mothers or relatives or brothers and sort of saying, are you okay? Are you happy? Are you with me? And they don't actually wait to listen because they don't believe that they can hear. Like they don't believe it's either possible or they don't believe that they can. They've got this idea that being psychic is some, you have to be some someone different or something different or and we all have we just have to let go of the idea that we don't
0: and once we do it's just so easy it's yes easy. well there's so many layers that can build up on you and your consciousness and your belief systems too uh yeah. that can all get in the way of that i mean you're exactly right Which is interesting because that's what you
1: experienced when you were seeing your grandparents through that perspective of Don's, you know, through the eyes of source, I like to say. So you were seeing your grandparents through your own higher self too, like that, that part of you that is eternally in spirit that's witnessing its aspect of, you know, that like we're an aspect of our higher self having this physical life experience and we're being witnessed by this higher self. Who's viewing us from that very same perspective uh, that you had? I think that's just such a beautiful, uh, beautiful perspective to be able to witness something from that perspective. Because there's this, de- there's still love, but there's absolute detachment from yes. getting swept up in that negative emotion, and and then seeing how that negative emotion blocks you from any love i suppose or guidance or
0: comfort or anything that you're trying to achieve yeah and and that is a really good point to go back to that point uh of remembering how i felt at that time to at moments when i'm frustrated with myself or um Are feeling that I'm not living up to all of my potential or that I'm not treating one of my family members as I should or whatever and whatever issues other people have to try to be in that kind of um, completely separate space where you're loving, detached. Yes, the detached viewpoint. Yeah. Where you care about somebody, but you're not... Well, you're just detached. You're not into all the emotional stuff.
1: You know, I often think about this, Paula, when I think of source or spirits or guides watching this planet and watching what humanity goes through en masse, you know, the tragedy, the tsunamis, the, the wars and the suffering and the killing and, and how they watch it. Like we watch a television show, of the same thing, you know. We watch that same stuff happened on our TV. people get murdered and killed and wars and yes, we do get emotionally involved, but there's still that detachment it's not it's not personal. you know it's yes. not my life and I can watch it and not get upset about it. So right. you know, so many people said, you know why doesn't God care about all the tragedy but we're doing it all to ourselves right? <laughs> and when we die, we just reemerge back to this bliss anyway, and we kind of go, "Dolt! Oh, what a mess I made of my life!" <laughs> yeah. Yes,
0: it's it's easy to it's easy to get bogged down here in so many aspects of this life, um, versus practicing a little more of the detachment and being. In more of where spirit is with the love but with without you experiencing the agony the whatever the agony and the ecstasy I guess really Um, those are good things to remember for sure
1: well now you know you can speak to Donnie
0: or Don (laughs) did you call him Donnie you know I called him Donnie all his life but you know when he got grown he really wanted everyone to call him Don. Okay. And I tr- I tried to, but for me he was never Don. You know, he was Donnie. So I just continued finally to call him Donnie. And that's and in the book even um you know, I call him Donnie, but his name is Don.
1: Oh, he doesn't mind about being called Donnie now, he said, because um, he's just saying that Donnie's fine. Because uh, I started calling him Donnie straight away and I'm like, why am I calling you Donnie? It doesn't say Donnie here. It says Donnie. Anyway, now you know that you can talk to him. Let me know what else you say. Okay. <laughs> You've got well, that communication.
0: You know, there is something kind of wild that happened yesterday in my office, my personal office here. Okay. I was sitting at my computer and I was reading on your website, your story, your life story. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I'd been, you know, at your website for a little while. And all of a sudden I jumped, I jumped like a foot out of my chair because of this, this huge noise over to the right of me. And that, that uh, was where my bookcase is in my office. And what happened was, Again, he does things through pictures. There on one of the bookcase shelves, there's a framed picture and there's four pictures in there. Um, Donnie and then my sister and I want another of Donnie when we were in New Orleans and then one of me holding my cat. And then there in front of that framed one, which was just sitting up at the back of the bookcase, in front of that was a smaller framed picture of Donnie and my sister, Gloria, and I, we were horsing around on the couch. It, it's a really funny picture. Well, the reason I jumped was because this this bigger frame picture fell down on its back and knocked the front picture that was framed completely off onto the carpet. I mean, it made this huge racket. So I got up from the computer and I walked over there and I said, I know you're here, Donnie. Now, what are you trying to tell me? (laughs) Because I looked at the pictures pictures and I said, what do these two framed pictures have in common? And that is that it was all three of us kids were in the, my sister and I and him. um, And that's, that's all it was in these pictures. So I thought, is he trying to tell me something about my family, coming, something coming up about my mother? Um, you know, I called my sister and I actually asked her, I said, are you okay? Is everything okay? You know, I had this wild thing happen in my office. I mean, most of the time when those pictures are moved, I'm not around. Yeah, and the only thing yeah. I've ever seen actually happen in, in addition to that was when the video flew out of the bookcase.
1: Well, you know, it's so interesting because when you ask those questions, you're trying to work it out from your linear, logical <laughs> mind perspective. And what I want to say to you, and I want to say this to all of you because we all do this, right? And I have do it all the time. Uh, is that stop trying to figure out what it is and just go directly and ask him. Like, let's ask him. Let's go back to him. Just bring up his image and don't shut your eyes. Just bring up his image in your mind's eye And just ask him, what were you trying to tell me at that time?
0: But he's not telling me anything. (laughs) Well,
1: he is. Okay, so maybe you need to go through that process again until you get used to it. Like just shut your eyes and and like just establish that connection again. Um, Because he's he's telling me a lot
0: and uh, I'll tell you in a minute. I don't know All I can Yeah, it, maybe I'm just thinking too much in my mind. I think you're get,
1: thinking too much. Yeah, so you're trying to
0: connect the picture of just the family
1: yeah. stuff. You see you're in your going, you're in your linear mind thinking why, you know, like when you're in the why why why, you know, what's the correlation? It's sort of like it's like you're a sleuth, like trying to put the pieces together. Yeah. And that's that linear mind and The linear mind is not where we hear that communication. Where we hear that communication is in the emptiness. It's in that when you listen to somebody, people that don't listen are thinking, you know, and listeners just like are like fascinated. They just listen without opinion. So it's in that emptiness that the communication happens, not in the thinking, the why, Like, what's the connection? What's, you know, trying to piece it together? Because it's rarely what we think. It's something completely different. You know, if we do piece it together, uh, I would say that at the time you were thinking something when reading that website, I always say to people, what were you thinking at the time that the incident happened? Like, what were you going over in your mind, like, as you're reading something? Because as we read stuff, like you were reading stuff on a website, you are probably thinking when we listen to other people's story, we think of our own story, right? And you're probably thinking about something at the time and and the, the sound takes your attention away from that and then you get all caught up with, like, what happened and, and you kind of move away from where you were in your head. But spirit hears our every thought. <laughs> yes. So if you were to sort of use your linear mind, think about what you were thinking at the time. So the communication that he's giving me is, He's saying that in the photographs, everyone's really happy and and messing around and there's like huge joy in the photographs and he's talking about the joy, the joy, the joy, the joy, the messing around, the being carefree, the not trying to, um, you know, fit in and dance to the beat of somebody else's drum, just that pure freedom and pure joy and like naughtiness and just that ecstatic joy. like those kids do like you feel like maybe you'll get in trouble because you're making too much noise but you're sort of messing around but just that freedom to be and he also says that he wants to write a lot more through you and he asks you to evoke that energy of joy and carefreeness more because when you do he can access you better and he's going to be communicating because he's got a lot to say He's got a lot to say. <laughs> and he would like to say it through you. Okay. So more books to come. Oh wow. <laughs> you ain't retiring anytime soon, Paula. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> if you let it. So he's saying that there's no yeah, there's no coincidence that you and I are having this conversation because I'm getting you ready for that just by having, you know, this conversation. Oh, wow. Connected. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, he says that, you know, after he gave, after you had that experience together, uh, you were ready for it then. Um, In that, your energy shifted, your consciousness shifted, you opened, you opened, because that's what communication is. It's just that opening at opening to the oneness, to the bliss, like you were in that place. So, ooh, okay. So um, I had a beautiful woman on the show called Frances Ray Key who had this communication after her mother died. She's on a plane saying, where are you now, Mama? And she started uh, channeling through her and she thought that the information she was receiving was initially just for herself and her family. But the communication kept happening for about three months. And she actually ended up writing four books in that three-month period. But she said that in that three-month period she was, in this ex- she was in that same place that you were in when you were up in that universe, like flying, like that same place you were in when you were witnessing your grandpa, that same state, this unbelievably expanded, detached state while she was bringing through the books. And then when the book's finished, she kind of fell back into her normal consciousness. Yeah, it's was really interesting. The books are incredible. Yes, and Donnie says he can be that incredible too. <laughs> it's
0: like well, he never to- lacked for self-confidence. <laughs> He'd like to write through you if you would allow that. Oh, wow. wow. Well, that's interesting. I'll have to uh, open up more of my my quiet side to to listen. Yeah. And hear what I is would just
1: sit and remember that state, just sit and remember what that felt like. Just just go back to that memory and just sit and just fly and just go back there and fly around in, in that just be there. You know, even when you were telling me that, I just go there. I just like use your description of it just to go there. And you start to just feel expansive. It's like all your cells loosen up. And all the sort of stiff sore necks and everything, they all sort of start to melt away as we just start expanding.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great great (laughs) place to be. (laughs) Great place to be. And
1: that's for anyone listening to this, anyone that wants to communicate with their spirit guides or their dead relatives, use your imagination, use your feeling sense. Just expand into the infinite, into the bliss, into the joy, into the carefreeness, into the freedom.
0: Yeah, that's the trick to bring it back into uh, the life where we are. And, you know, um, I mean, I say to myself all the time about, you know, when my time comes, it's like I hope I'm on a hiking trail and I just take the next step and then I'm back into infinity. I mean, it's just you know, the the hard part that, well, in reading a lot of books about different people and their NDE experiences and so on, you know, most people say they're afraid of the dying process. You know, it can be so rigorous uh, if you've got some disease or something, but they're not afraid to be dead, to be on the other side. And that's so true because um, being on the other side Even just the little bit that I experienced is just, you know, it's wonderful. It'll be great to just step over the line into that. Well,
1: dying is easy. We do it every night. Every time we fall asleep, we die. You know, we reemerge. And the only difference between dying and not dying is in the morning we come back and when we die, we don't. So (laughs) the dying part is easy. I think that we have so many misconceptions about what it is to die and we're so attached to this experience we're attached to our loved ones we're attached and we have this delusion that there's separateness remember you said that there is only oneness whether you're here or there yes. or both there's only oneness but we have this delusion that when someone dies there's separateness or when we die we leave our family or our friends or our loved one and that's a lie and that lie causes much of the suffering that we experience in this world and A lot of people reach that point of creating so much suffering that it's easier to leave than it is to stay. And I see that with people dying all the time, whether they're old or whether they're sick or whether they're young. They create this suffering because in that suffering, the decision to leave that suffering is so much easier than it is to stay here in this physical world. And um, we don't have to do that. We just... because. The delusion is that we leave and we don't leave. We leave our body, but we don't leave our loved ones. In fact, we find out, as uh, Dr. Leo Gallen said, one of the people who was on my show, you'd, you'd, you'd like that too, Paula, maybe have a listen to him. He had his, um, his son was mentally uh, challenged and he died at about 22, about 30 years ago. So he'd be in his 50s now still alive. And he came to him after he died and he started channeling information through him and he wrote a book took him 30 years to publish the book, but because of his standing and his status and he's a doctor and all that sort of thing, but he got it out there. But what he said was, you're already here, Dad. You know, you don't leave heaven. You're here. And we talk about your life on earth all the time, you and I together. There isn't here or there. There is just this oneness that you spoke about. There's yes. oneness in time, oneness in connect, there's oneness in everything. Yes. But we live inside this illusion of separateness and time. Yes. So um, if we understood that oneness, I know Donny, he's saying I want to write this on I wanna write he's saying he would like to expand on that and write this through you if you would let him. Uh, he has a lot to say about this. Yeah, he's saying he's got a lot to say about this. Um, then this much of the suffering that we experience here on earth would be alleviated when we understand the oneness principle
0: the, love, yes, one, the, one,
1: the, love, the oneness principle yeah the love yeah the,
0: the oneness is everything the oneness is everything and but you know i i understand it's it's difficult for people who haven't actually felt that. It's it's harder to get into the space of understanding it, I guess, the oneness aspect. I mean, having experienced it, well, yeah. it was just so phenomenal. Yeah, It was, you know, I know that feeling, but some people haven't ex- experienced it. And surely there are, there are methodologies for getting there, as you've pointed out. Um, We experience
1: it every every time we gaze at someone with love, when we gaze into the eyes of a baby, whether it's our baby or a friend's baby or a relative's baby, whether we pat the the cat, pat the dog, when we fall in love. uh, There's so many ways we can experience that here on earth. When you were talking about that love when you were in the infinite. Yes. and, And then you said, I bet I was glowing, you said. And I I immediately had this thought, like you're in love, you know, when you remember when we fall in love, like I remember when I was young, I fell in love and somebody said, oh, my God, you're glowing because we're embodying that love. It's not the love from the other. It's that love from source that we're embodying because we're having such a good time here on earth. We're saying, like, somebody loves me and I love somebody, that we're actually (laughs) embodying that love of our source and we go. We glow. In fact, I had another woman on the show, Penny Wilson, who had a near-death experience sitting in a church, and she said dancing with God. She was dancing with this being in the infinite. And she went to get milk after she woke up from this experience because she woke up and everyone had left the church, and the pastor sitting next to her going, "Are you okay?" Because <laughs> she she'd left a body. And she went wow. to get milk. She thought, "I need to get some milk on the way home." And everyone in the shop was sort of looking at her like like this and she thought what are they looking at and then she was paying for the milk and the person said did you know that you're glowing (laughs) and she goes oh thank you she said no 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 you're actually glowing (laughs) and she's like are you crazy you know because she had been up there in the infinite and she was glowing with that glowing yeah so
0: yeah wow
1: we can experience it in so many ways we just have to evoke that love we just have to remember the love that we are Anyway, I've gone on far too long. (laughs) It's rabbiting on. Paula, thank you so much for being on the show. It's such a beautiful story, and I really look forward to see what else Donnie
0: has to say through you. (laughs) Why, thank you. (laughs) When I get that story out, I'll call you again. (laughs) So who knows? Thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, It's been great. So yes thank you
1: wasn't that fascinating talking to paula about her experience so beautiful to hear that experience and i hope you were connecting to your loved ones and spirit or guides and spirit during that thing and now you know how easy it is if you are having trouble let me know i can help you i do this with my clients all the time we do all sorts of things we talk to our guides we go to the kashik. talk to our past lives and future lives and all sorts of things we can do when we know we can really it's just a matter of knowing that we can rather than we can't because we all can all of us no exceptions the only difference between someone that doesn't someone that doesn't is somebody who knows that they can do it and when you do know that you can do it you activate what you need to be able to do it you activate your intuitive sense so knowing we create our reality we're creating our reality through everything we're creating our reality our intuitive reality as well as our physical reality we're creating all of it the difference between i can't and i can is amazing so yeah if you need any help let me know i do this with my clients all the time because i think the best guidance we can have is from the guidance within although i can give you that guidance I want you to get connected to your own guidance and know that it's your guidance and not just your head talking or your logic or you trying to work it out it's that you're actually tuning into your guidance and you know you are because it feels good when you get it it's like these aha moments you have these ah oh, that makes so much sense ah oh, of course you get this of course why didn't i think about that before when you receive this guidance it's like this aha you know it's guidance when it's logic It's like, that sounds like a good idea. Let me think about that. That's when your logic, that's your logic, trying to create something through your intellect rather than receiving. That receiving, it just goes, oh, it's like you just become illuminated. Thanks again for watching another show, Accentuating the Positive. And uh, remember to like and subscribe and leave your comments and Join us. Who's coming up next in the Inner Sanctum? We had, uh, oh, Mary. We had Mary on the show last week, of course, Mary Rodwell. And for those of you in Sydney, Mary's actually going to be doing something similar. We're going to put on an event here in Sydney on the 15th of September. She's going to talk about and show us and show you how to access your galactic connections and your spirit connections. It's a sort of similar frequency. So it's all really the same thing, whether you're talking to Jesus or some future you on another planet <laughs> or your Arcturian family. You know, she's uh, she's been doing this with thousands of people through hypnosis. But her and I have talked about this many times that the whole hypnosis thing you know is long and it takes you deep but you don't really need to do that anymore you can access that by being fully awake and fully conscious and be in that same frequency as, as a theta brain wave if you like when you go into hypnosis you come out of like a beta brain wave into an alpha brain wave which is more relaxed meditative when you're retrieving memory you're in an alpha brain wave into a theta brain wave some people even go and there's different levels of theta as well different levels of all the brain wave frequencies but you know we've discussed with i can't remember who we discussed it with uh someone was on the show we talked about how we can be in simultaneous brain waves we can part of our brain can be in alpha and another and beta and another and theta and another and delta and we can sort of jump between like we're incredible multi-dimensional infinite potential incredible creative geniuses and we just have to remember how how we are how to operate the frequency that we carry how to be deliberate in all of this so we're going to be doing that live in sydney if you're around in sydney on the 15th of september and also we're going to be doing some of that online in the inner sanctum next month in july now we're in july this month july so join us with mary And thanks again for watching. Remember to buy the book, Awakened by Death. More beautiful stories like Paula's in the book. You'll love it. Everyone loves it who reads the book. And I'll see you next time. Big love. Bye for now.